we do want your light in our lives. We know that that light is Christ Jesus. Through your word, reveal him to us evermore so that we may follow him, that we may delight in him, that we may worship him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We have been taking a journey here through Advent and Christmas. And last week I showed you a picture uh, that had Jesus, and the word Jesus was spelled out with all of the books of the Bible. Talked about how we've been connecting the dots. I want to refine that just a little bit here. And there's a pastor, Alistair Begg. Some of you may know of him. I've heard him say this. I don't know if he came up with it. But I like how this ties it together. He says, we find Jesus throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, Jesus is anticipated. In the Gospels, Jesus is revealed. In Acts, Jesus is proclaimed. In the Epistles, Jesus is explained. In Revelation, Jesus is returning. I kind of like how that encapsulizes a lot of what we have been talking about in this journey from Advent into the Christmas season. And so today, the last day of Christmas, the 12th day of Christmas, we are going to kind of complete this theme. It's not that this work will be completed, because we're going to be doing this work every Sunday we do this work, every Bible study we do this work. But we're going to kind of complete this theme on the last day of Christmas. Now, I know when I say the last day of Christmas, that often means, you know, Christmas decorations have to come down, and that's what we're going to be doing. For those of you, you've maybe been doing that already at home, and you might have already also found decorations that you meant to put up, but were somehow hidden. And do you like me? You're like, I'll remember where those are. No, you don't. And for some people, though, the end of Christmas is a little bit wistful. It can be sad in some degree, to some degree, like because we enjoy this season of joy. But today is not about being sad or wistful at all. As a matter of fact, today is one of joy because today is Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany Sunday has been one of the major festivals, certainly in the early church. It's lost some of its Uh, emphasis in many of the churches today, but today we are going to celebrate Epiphany Sunday. So what is Epiphany? Epiphany means a manifestation or revealing. And in this case, Epiphany Sunday is when we celebrate the revealing of Jesus into the world. That's why all of our songs here are about joy or light this morning, because it is about the light of Christ, the joy of Christ, the worship of Christ, of him coming into the world. So today, Epiphany Sunday, we're going to take a little bit of a journey. We're going to see the king, shepherd, and Messiah anticipated, yet rejected by Herod, but worshipped by the Gentiles. So that's our journey this morning. The king, shepherd, and Messiah anticipated. So let's go to our text this morning. Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, much has been said about these wise men. 
It has been said that they were kings, that there were three of them, and by tradition, myth, and so forth, the names were Melchior, Balthazar, and Caspar, or Gaspar, depending on uh, which account you're reading. There is a belief that one came from India, one came from Egypt, one came from Greece, that they were subsequently baptized by Thomas, and that their bodies, their bones, eventually ended up in the great cathedral of Cologne. How's that? Did you know all of that? That's a lot, isn't it? It's much more than the text gives. So what do we actually know about these wise men? Well, first of all, they were called magi, not kings. And magi gets translated into wise men. So these wise men were most likely scholars and astrologers who studied the stars to see what events in the world were to take place. Not astronomy, but astrology. So we can probably ascertain from that. We don't know how many there were. Why do we say that there were three? Well, because of the gifts that they gave. Three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So there's a natural inclination to say that there were three, but we actually don't know how many there were. We also don't know their nationality. Now, it is very unlikely that they would have come from India, Egypt, or Greece. Uh, it is most likely they would have come from Babylon, Persia, that particular area. So what do we know? We know that they were Gentiles. That is, they were not Jews. They were not of God's chosen people, but they had studied the Scripture they had studied the scripture and had determined from God's word that the king of the Jews was to be born. So that's what we know. In our reading, verse 5, it says, they told Herod, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So what prophet were they talking about? Well, this was the prophet Micah, who lived 700 years before the birth of Christ. So Micah chapter 5, verse 2 and 4, this is what it reads. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And he shall come and stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty, 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 sorry, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. This is what Micah wrote 700 years before Jesus was born. This is what they would have read. This was the anticipation of a ruler and a shepherd. We also know that he would have been a shepherd from other scripture. If you take a look at Ezekiel, you can take a look at the Psalms. We have the shepherd, the ruler, and they also knew that he would be a king. Now, I've covered that Jesus is king and he's anticipated as king many different places. I'm not going to go over that. If you want to, just take a look at 2 Samuel chapter 7 with verse 12 and 13. But I want you to note something. In the language, it does not mean that he will become king. He was not the man who would be king. 
The language is that he was king already and that the king was then born. So this is what they announced, that Jesus was king even before he was born. Now you have to understand, he was announced by the Gentiles. He was anticipated in the Old Testament. He was announced at his birth that he is king. And do you know what other Gentile announced that he was king upon his death? This is Pilate, who wrote on the cross in three different languages, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. So he is anticipated, he is revealed, and he is proclaimed as king. So for the Magi, the wise men, God had actually prepared their minds to know who Jesus was. And he did so preparing their minds through his word. They were seeking his word, and in his word they found the word made manifest. It has been said that wise people still seek Jesus. Here's how to be wise. If you wish, wish to be wise, seek his word. Search his word, and you will find the word made flesh. You will find the king, the shepherd, the Messiah, the Christ. So God had prepared their minds to receive and worship the king. He'd also give them a miraculous sign. He gave them the star, the star of Bethlehem. Now, there's a lot of speculation, just as there's a lot of speculation about the wise men, there's a lot of speculation about this star. There's some people who say it was a supernova, a comet, an alignment of planets. Has anybody ever been to a planetarium during Christmas and they've done Star of Wonder? A lot, a lot of uh, planetariums, to kind of get people there, do a whole show, Star of Wonder, and then they end with the Star of Bethlehem. But there's problems with this because they want to take a sign, a miracle, and just make it into a naturalistic explanation. But it doesn't fit very well. First of all, stars don't stay in one place. And even simply from the rotation of the earth, it would go from east to west. And yet when they were in Jerusalem, they would have had to go south to Bethlehem. So how did that work? And this star isn't attested to by other people, other sources outside the Bible. It was just for the Magi, the wise men. You see, God not only prepared their minds, he opened their spirit to receive the king. And he did so by providing a miracle, a sign, a wonder. And here's the thing about signs and wonders. There's a lot of people today, especially in the charismatic movement, who look for all these signs and wonders and gold dust falling from the ceiling and gold teeth. I mean, if you've never heard of that one, that's okay. But you get all of these signs, and it becomes for their own glory. They think, wow, I am so blessed. God must love me so much. I mean, it becomes this sort of thing when there's a sign or miracle. But God gives a sign, a miracle, not for your glory, but for his glory. So if you've ever had a miracle in your life, if there's ever been a sign from God, it is to point you to his glory. 
And so what did the star do? The star was a sign that pointed specifically to Jesus, who is the glory of God. Now, you would think, right, you've got wise men who have traveled. They've come up to Herod. They've told him from the prophecy. They say, hey, we've seen this star. You would think Herod would go, wow, I really want to meet him. But he didn't. He didn't want to meet the king. He wanted to kill the king. He was rejected by Herod. So verse 3 and 4 and then 7 and 8. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. So this is Herod. Herod was a half-Jew, half-Arab who was appointed by the Romans to be king of Judea, hence king of the Jews. But the historian Josephus says that he was capable, crafty, and cruel. To talk about cruelty was to talk about Herod. That's how he was well known. And during, and by the way, he was Herod the Great. He achieved great things. He rebuilt the temple. I mean, he did some marvelous works, but it was all at a cost. And in his reign, there was a lot of political unrest, especially during the last decade of his reign. There was a lot of political unrest. He was very uneasy that he would be killed, that he would be taken off his throne. So when the wise men come and say, hey, we found the king of the Jews, You knew that he was very uneasy, that this child was a threat to his kingship. And when it says that Herod and all of Jerusalem was troubled, well, have you ever heard the phrase, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? You ever hear that something or something like that, right? Well, if Herod ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So Jerusalem was not upset because Jesus was the king Jerusalem was upset because Herod was upset. And so Herod tries to get all this information from them, right? To ascertain when he was born because he wants to kill him. We know this from our Matthew just in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. This is brutal. This is vicious, right? Now, this should not be a surprise because if you know Herod at all, you know how cruel he was. He had three of his own sons killed. Upon his death, he had, he had put out a decree that upon his death, every family, one person should die in every family so that the whole nation would be mourning at the same time. Thankfully, that particular edict was not carried out. And why two years or under? Because this was the time that the wise men didn't know the exact day of his birth. Now, it would have been wonderful. I know we have all of the scenes where the wise men are coming that particular night. 
But in truth, it could have been one to two years after Jesus was born. So Herod, in his rejection, kills all of those young boys, two years or younger. See, you and I are under the impression that if we just told people about Jesus, they would just naturally want to come and find out who the Savior is. But we also have to understand the power of sin. See, we must never forget the callousness of pride and sin, which covers the heart. And apart from Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, this is the natural state of mankind. So that we would share Jesus and we need to share Jesus. The world needs to hear about him. But we should also not be fooled that people will just naturally go, oh, wonderful news. See, Herod was a king and he didn't want to give up authority. And for most of us in our lives, whether we want to admit it or not, we don't want to give up authority either. Yeah, we like the idea of Jesus as Lord and Savior, but having full authority over every single aspect of our lives? Man, I don't know about you, but I continue to want to hold on to that. The old nature in myself wants to go, I don't want to let go of everything. What would happen? So we must never underestimate this. But what a juxtaposition, right? You've got Herod, who is the king of the Jews, in the land that Jesus was born, and he was the one who rejects the Christ. But then you also have the Gentiles, the foreigners. They were the ones who came, and they were the first ones, really, that we have an account who worshipped Jesus. The Gentiles worshipped Jesus before the Jews. Let's go to our reading here. So, with verse 2, they were saying, who is, who is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 9 through 11, after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mo- with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Look, when you read this account, it's really easy to get lost in the details of, well, who were these wise men? And what was their nationalities? And do we actually know their names or not? Or what was the star? Is there a natural explanation for this star? And we can get so involved in that that we actually miss the whole point of this account. The whole focal point of this account is summed up in one word. It is worship. They worshiped him. That text says they fell down at his feet. This was not mere paying homage or respect. And by the way, there are some cults and some other religions that say, well, it was just respect or homage. No, they fell down at his feet. And the word that they use for worship here is one that is almost always associated with the divine and with Jesus. It is one of worship. You see, worship is the reaction. 
when you come into the presence of God. Worship is the natural reaction when you come into the presence of God. You know, when we come here every Sunday, we should be coming into the presence of God. And then the natural response is worship rather than worshiping in hopes to come into the presence of God. Abraham, when he was in the presence of God, what did he do? He built altars and offered sacrifices. When God appeared as a pillar of cloud to the Israelites in the desert during the Exodus, what did they do? They rose up and they worshiped God. Read the Psalms. Psalm 29, ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And to remember around the throne, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, there is the worship of God. And specifically in chapter 5, it says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That's worship, isn't it? Being in the presence of God moves one to worship. You see, when you come face to face with the glory of God in Christ Jesus, there's nothing else you can do but fall down on your knees and worship him. When people are born again and they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and God himself, wow, there's just worship. And that's also why, by the way, the song, O Holy Night, is such a powerful song. If you were here Christmas Eve, it was just beautiful. Melissa did a wonderful uh, singing of that song. But it is one of true worship. And I love the first refrain. You all know this one, fall on your, knee, on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices, O night divine. O night when Christ was born. O night divine, O night, O night divine. Fall on your knees and worship. And what they did, they brought him gifts that were aligned with their worship. They brought three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, a precious commodity, a precious metal, one that never tarnishes, never rusts, always keeps its luster. It's associated with kings, right? It's also associated with God. For what did God tell Moses and the Israelites? To overlay all of the furniture with gold. So everything had the luster, which would, I'm just speculating, be a reflection of the glory of God, the preciousness of God, the purity of God. And they, I mean, you even find this at the end of Revelation, where there's a new Jerusalem. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. So they brought gold, gold for the king. 
They also brought frankincense. Frankincense is one of those very expensive incenses. And it was actually used, there was, it was to be used in worshiping God. It was used in the, with the Israelites in the desert, in the tabernacle. It was used in the temple. And if you also recall, it was used around the throne of God where the saints were offering up their prayers with bowls of incense. That pleasure, the smell, right? We talked about the smell and delight of the Lord. Here is frankincense. So they offered frankincense. It is associated with the holiness of God. It is for the forgiveness of sins as well. And they also gave him myrrh. Myrrh was and is a very expensive perfume. It can also be used as incense, by the way. But myrrh was used also for the dead, for the burial. So it is very appropriate, all the gifts they gave to him. Gold for the child being king, frankincense for him being God, and myrrh for him destined to die. Now, what is the greatest gift that we bring before Christ Jesus? What is the gift that he has given us? And it's faith in him. Faith that, though it is tested by fire, is more pure than gold. This is the gift that we have from him. This is the gift we bring to him. So we have these wise men who searched Scripture and found Christ the Messiah. And though others rejected, they worshipped him. So for you, If you want to be wise, not in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, diligently seek him and his word. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to keep your heart soft and your desire to follow Jesus, to follow him, have that grow, and take time to bow down before him and simply worship him. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift you have given us in Christ Jesus. We also thank you for the gift of faith that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep guiding us ever closer to Christ, ever closer to him, so that we simply praise him and worship him day in and day out. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. If you have any questions or you would like to grow deeper in your faith, please visit our website at joyccc.com. Again, that's joyccc.com.